Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You mess with the you bull. You mess with the bull. You get the horns. You get the horns. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. been talking a fair bit over the last couple of weekends about the issue of small business in this country, and specifically it was pointed to the province of Ontario where the minimum wage reached $14, and there was the fallout, as you've heard, uh, particularly from uh, some Tim Hortons franchisees, and that's where the focus has been, although other small businesses have reacted negatively to the liberal government's increase in the small, uh, in the minimum wage reality because the f- the factor, the expense factor is huge for them. It's huge because they're already paying massively because of the uh, regulations, because of hydro cost increases. It's not an easy climate. It's not a friendly climate for small business and small business are the number one employers in Canada. That's not stressed nearly frequently enough. Small to medium-sized businesses hire more Canadians than any other sector of employers. They should never be on the receiving end of bad news from government. They should never be on the receiving end of overregulation. They should never be on the receiving end of negative um, tax realities. They should never, ever, ever be anything other than appreciated for what they bring to the table. And that, my friends, is economic strength and jobs. So I went over a lot of emails over the last couple of weeks. I checked Twitter, but primarily the, the, the more specific issues and challenges came in emails where people have more than 280 characters to explain themselves. And what I saw was a consistent theme and a consistent message. The theme was, we've had enough, and the message was, we may not continue. And I don't for a moment believe that that's just for show because no one required, no one asked these business owners to, to write to me, nobody. They have just had enough. They've heard the conversations on the air and they wrote to me from British Columbia to Ontario and further points east, even though we don't broadcast east of, of Toronto. I hear from people in, in Quebec and even from Atlantic Canada who listen online. And there's a consistent theme across the country. So I was wondering whether there is, in fact, in Canada, a jurisdiction 
where opening a small business will be met with friendly business environment from government and support from the government and an appreciation for what these men and women who are the entrepreneurs who take sometimes quite often their life savings and put it all in play for their dream, which results in employment and pushes the Canadian economy forward. There are businesses that fail, there are businesses that succeed, but it is the ones, it is the people who decide to give it a try, who decide to put everything on the line. They're the people who need to be recognized and not pushed around. Dan Kelly is the president, the CEO, and the chair of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. They represent small and medium-sized businesses across this country. We've talked to Dan a lot over the last couple of weekends. Dan, thank you for coming back. And is there a jurisdiction in this country that deserves mention because of their business-friendly, small business-friendly attitude? I don't know that there's one jurisdiction that has uh, has got it all right. There are certainly some provinces that are working hard to try to make it a more palatable place to uh, to open and to grow a small business. Uh, others that seem to be doing everything in their power to the opposite way to make it more challenging and and as uh, as you uh, implied, slagging small business owners along the way. But a few of them have been have been moving forward in a, in a positive way. I'd, I'd single out uh, right now. Uh, the government of Manitoba has done a lot of recent things to try to uh, address uh, some of the concerns of small business. They've got some really neat stuff happening on regulatory reform to try to get rid of some of the unnecessary rules and red tape that frustrate business owners a great deal. The government of Saskatchewan has also done, uh, over the last uh, decade or so, quite a few positive things uh, for small and medium-sized firms. There's been a bit of a slippage in the last uh, year or so, but I would say overall they've been uh, fairly responsive. I'd say the uh, the in in Atlantic Canada, it actually has been Nova Scotia that has been leading the way. Uh, the Liberal government there uh, is uh, is headed by a small business owner. The, the premier in, in Nova Scotia ran a small business before, and I think that that really does give a politician a better grounding in the realities of, uh, of what it takes to run a small firm. So there's been several developments in Nova Scotia that I can point at, uh, including on the regulatory front, including on the tax side, uh, that have made the lives of business owners a little bit easier. And even the B.C. government, under, under the new NDP government, I have to say we had some apprehensions uh, based on, on elements of their platform so far. But there have been, I'd say, uh, you know, they've been holding fire on, on, on a few of those things, even on the minimum wage front, have certainly taken, I think, a more cautious and realistic approach than, than their counterparts in Alberta and in, uh, and in Ontario. So some are trying. Yeah, and, and you know, it, this isn't a partisan thing either. I mean, the, the NDP in Manitoba, a couple of premiers ago, not the most recent one, but uh, when Gary Dewar was the head of uh, the Manitoba NDP, Manitoba was the, was the first province in the country that uh, actually l- reduced the small business corporate tax rate down to zero percent. And that surprised a lot of people that an NDP government would focus on small firms the way that they did. But, but that happened. Dan, the sense that I have, again, looking at emails and putting them all together and coming up with a, with a, with a, with a combined message or a message that combines the, uh, what I'm reading in the emails is, is simply this. We're being overregulated to death. We cannot and must not be stopped in what we're doing because we're trying to succeed 
And this is the message that is repeated again and again. So I ask this question, without renewal of small business, without new blood, without new enthusiasm, without new entrepreneurs, what happens to the economy of this country? You know, it's an, it's an excellent question, something we've been focused on. There are a lot of business owners who are in their 50s, 60s, and beyond. One of my, my, one of my favorite stories is from a, a, a member of ours in, in Saskatchewan who wrote to us to say that he was super excited because Dad, finally, on the farm, had showed him books and, and was starting to pass the reins over uh, to the next generation. Unfortunately, the guy, the successor, was 65 himself, and Dad was 85, and just now <laughs> beginning to pass over the business to him. So there's a lot of business owners that have, uh, that certainly have been pushing back the retirement date again and again and again. But if we make it harder for them to do that, if we discourage business owners through things like the changes that the federal government has made to small business corporate tax policy, make it more expensive to run a business by increasing minimum wages by 21% has just happened in Ontario. The the message you send to entrepreneurs is you may want to look. If you really are committed to running a business, you may want to look at greener pastures, and perhaps those pastures are to the south of us. Some provinces have moved the ball forward, but sadly, there has been a lot of slippage. This week is uh, what CFIB uh, coined and seems to be picking a momentum, is Red Tape Awareness Week. And it's the week that we dedicate to focus on the number two issue that that small businesses are concerned about. And that is the burden, as you said, Roy, of, of red tape and paperwork which is a real killer for a lot of small firms. All right, so if you're opening a small business anywhere in Canada and you have a counterpart in the United States who's opening a small business, a similar small business, in a similar jurisdiction anywhere in the United States, how will, the, how will their experience differ? Well, you know, I, I will say that in recent years, uh, Canada was making progress on a lot of fronts, and the U.S. was starting to slip behind, including on the regulatory front. Uh, so, for example, uh, over the last decade, Canada has seen a reduction in regulation and red tape. Some provinces, like the B.C. government, both in the previous, with the previous Liberals and the current NDP, have focused on keeping the red tape and paperwork burden low. And many U.S. jurisdictions were moving in the opposite direction. But that has all changed. And look, I, I, I am certainly no fan of, uh, of the, the new president in the United States. I find a lot of what's going on there absolutely gross and making me sick to my stomach. But I can't deny that on the tax front and on the regulatory front, there is a lot of good stuff happening in the U.S. too. And, and it's making, you know, it's whirling out the, the welcome mat uh, for, for entrepreneurs, uh, encouraging businesses to grow and expand where Canada seems to be moving in, in a bit of the opposite direction, and I'm hoping that our governments get it together and recognize that they can't keep uh, kill, killing the goose that lays the golden eggs. Are you hearing, and we asked you this a couple of weeks ago, now the, the, the combative attitude of the Premier of Ontario, and the focus nationally has been what's going, been going on in Ontario, but the combative attitude of the Premier of Ontario, particularly towards some franchisees in the, in the, in the Tim Hortons chain, has 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 caused issues, has caused problems. Uh, are you hearing from from business owners who may be telling you, "I'm either going to close, I'm going to uh, downsize, or I'm going to move somewhere else in Canada, or I'm going to close in Canada and open up in the United States"? All of the above. Uh, we have been hearing a ton of worry from small business. After all. I was just thinking about this uh, the other day. I tweeted this, I think, just yesterday, Roy. 
we had over the entire fall of last year, the federal government referring to many small business owners as tax cheats. And then this just in January, when the clock ticked towards January 1, the premier of the largest province in Canada started referring to small business owners as bullies. And, you know, so quite apart from the policy environment, what does that say to the business owner when they hear that from their senior most politicians in the country? That, that their, 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 you know, sacrifices, the sleepless nights, the endless uh, work that they do to, to collect taxes on the, part of, on the part of society, that that's not appreciated. And in fact, they're viewed as, with scorn and contempt in some instances by by politicians. And, and yes, there has been some attempts to, to, to soften that the blows, at least at the federal level, for the last little bit. But gosh, the you know, business owners have have memories of uh, of a pretty tough fall. And certainly the Ontario government has been adding fuel to the fire. Oh, you come full circle on this and you recognize again that it is small and medium-sized businesses. They're the number one employers in Canada. And if you put the fire to them, and if you create obstacles for them, and if you over-regulate them, and if you make it impossible for them to compete uh, financially, because there has to be some return. They're also building, the business owners are also building for their retirement and their future. Uh, if you don't give them an opportunity and all you do is use them as the golden goose, well, that is going to cost jobs right across Canada. There would be economic impact because when the jobs disappear and the small and medium-sized businesses, the impact would be felt everywhere. And then you'd still have the politicians blaming the business owners for closing up. Oh, they didn't have the courage. They, they, uh, you know, they, they, did, they couldn't stand the heat. They couldn't stand the course and they left. They would blame the small business owners. Dan, stand by, please. I want to come back and ask you a few more questions. Dan Kelly, the president, the chair, the CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. I just wanted to know whether this country really is small business friendly. Because the next time you go into a small business, you're looking again at the people who employ more Canadians than anybody else. And I make it a point, when I go buy something, when I need something, with all due respect to the big organizations, and I get it that they're doing a job and they're filling a need, but I try to go to the small business operator as often as I can. And what I find is that there's a degree of friendliness. You recognize one another. They get to have an idea of what it is you're looking for. And they'll also go to, uh, to, to uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll take the time to find something for you. So if you want something, they don't tell you just, well, we don't have it. If it's not on the shelf, we don't have it. I've heard, let me see if I can get that for you. Have you got a couple of days? I'll get it for you, and I'll call you when it's here. We'll come right back with Dan Kelly. Think you can swim with the sharks? Talk with Mr. Great White himself, Roy Green. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Next hour, Canada's and uh, other Western nations' political leaders have engaged in and systematically engage in immediate condemnation of unsubstantiated and or fake Islamophobia attacks. Why? Why? 
And what are the examples of such fake Islamophobia attacks? Thomas Quiggin will join us, Canadian court-certified expert on terrorism and security. He's worked with the RCMP, Canadian Armed Forces, the United Nations. He's the author of Submission, The Danger of Political Islam to Canada, with a warning to America. Mr. Trudeau, Kathleen Wynne, and Mayor Tory of Toronto immediately when the 11-year-old girl delivered her story about her hijab being cut with scissors by um, an Asian male, the three of them started talking about how this is un-Canadian and it must never happen. We get that. But it sounded like an, an accusation. It sounded like a, an accusation once again that people in Canada are racist, which is the furthest from the truth. So we're going to talk about this, because I will not run and hide from issues that matter. I won't do that. And we still have freedom of expression. So let's talk about what it is that, that affects all of us. And words do affect us all. And the politicians had better remember that when they accuse the people across the country or the people in their jurisdiction of, being, of having racist leanings, why are you doing that? Dan Kelly is with me, the CEO, the president, the chair of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, representing the small and medium-sized businesses of Canada. Dan, when it comes to regulations that are that just put the screws to small business, I have this visual of the screwdriver just tightening it down, tightening <laughs> it down, and providing less and less opportunity to breathe and grow and and have enthusiasm. What give us an example of of a, of a certain type of regulation that might. In, it might be present across Canada that is particularly frustrating and difficult for the small business owner to deal with. Gosh, there is a, a giant and growing list of these uh, red tape nightmares that small business find themselves in. Uh, I, uh, as I was saying before, this is Red Tape Awareness Week, and right now on CFIB's Facebook page, if you search for CFIB on Facebook, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, we have 14 of the worst examples that we've heard over 2018 of red tape and, and paper burden that has faced uh, small business owners. These are examples that our members have raised with them, and we do an award. We will later this week do an award as small business owners and the public can vote on the worst example of red tape for 2018. So we're starting to get votes pouring in uh, from across the country on our Facebook page on this online poll. Uh, but a couple of my favorites, gosh, I, the, the one that just shocked me, I hadn't heard until one of my staff flagged it with me, is uh, from the Department of Labor in Ontario, that, uh, sorry, from the Department of Workplace Safety. They, the, if you have a ladder, your construction company, and you have, a, you have ladders, obviously, as part of your business, they have a safety sticker on that ladder. If, for whatever reason, through wear and tear and muddy boots and whatever, that safety sticker gets worn off or gets muddy, you, not, you can't just get a new safety sticker, in, in, even if your ladder is perfectly valid. You have to replace the ladder. <laughs> and so we have business owners who are telling us that they have to buy every few months brand new ladders in their business to replace perfectly good ladders because if the safety inspector happens to show up on the work, on the work site, they're going to get fined because you can't read the safety sector or it's become a little bit worn in a, on a hot summer day. All right, so I have, to stop, I have, to, I mean, I have to stop you there. Uh, but there are more examples on the CFIB Facebook page, and it is the uh, Red Tape Week, right? 
Red Tape Awareness Week. Red Tape Awareness Week. Dan, thank you so much. Always appreciate the time you spend with us. Anytime. Take care. Dan Kelly on The Roy Green Show. We'll come back and tell you about the next hour in just a minute.